This is the Aftermarket Radio Network. Well, hey, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the Auto Repair Marketing Podcast with Kim and Brian Walker. Today, we are going to talk to you about marketing that you can do that is relatively inexpensive, very effective, and a great place to start in your business. My favorite topic. Because this is really what Kim started doing when she originally came to work for us at Peak Automotive. I'm really good at it. I love it. But you weren't at first. No, (laughs) we did not include that part in the talking points, (laughs) but it's probably important. Yeah, because a lot of people will start this and they'll probably feel the same way that you did when you first started. I'm Uh, sure. But you stuck with it and became absolutely amazing at it. So why don't you talk about that for just a minute? They don't even know what we're talking about yet, but this will lead into that. Thank you to our friends at RepairPal for providing you this episode. RepairPal is the key that unlocks more business for your repair shop. Learn more at RepairPal.com forward slash shops. A little backstory, which you already know our story, so I won't go through all that. Be sure that you go back and listen to our story episode two. And the very first thing that I did when starting to do the marketing for Peak Automotive was to just get my feet on the ground, tap, what do they call it? Put your foot in the water, just explore. And so I knew Chambers of Commerce was a great you know, starting place. So I went to my very first networking event. Now, keep in mind that my nickname today is Queen of Connections. It was not back then. It was not, not at all. But I had it in me, right? Because God created me to teach, connect, and serve. And Brian literally told me when I was like, hey, I don't know what, I don't even know what marketing is. He was like, you're great with people. And so I go to this Chamber of Commerce event. It was at like an Applebee's sort of place, like your neighborhood bar and grill And I remember sitting in the parking lot to go into the traditional business after hours. And I was sitting in the parking lot in my car, like panicking, like kind of having maybe a miniature little anxiety attack. Like I was sweating and my heart was racing. Like I got to go in here. Brian for sure was not there. Not there. Was not going (laughs) to go. Not his ball game. And still don't. Correct. And so I'm sitting in the car just kind of trying to pump myself up to walk into this space and talk to strangers. And so I finally did it. But here's the thing. (laughs) I broke all the networking rules on day one. And uh, go in, sign in, put my little name, badge, you know, the sticker you write your name on and uh, just talk to like the first person. I go up to the bar to get a drink and I'm like, I don't know if you should like drink, drink here. So I'm just getting water. We'll just be safe with water. So, and there's this guy sitting next to me and we just start talking. Well, I sat there and talked to him for 45 minutes. Fast forward, get through the event, feel like, okay, I went, checked the box, did the thing. I mean, he was a good connection, great guy. And finally start looking up like how to network and and I realized I literally broke all the rules. And I ended up reaching out to him to apologize. And he ultimately told me, thank you, because I was just like you, like, I don't don't wanna go talk to everybody. It all worked out, but it was really kind of terrible. And we should do an episode on that about the rules of networking, which I just made a note about that. But 
just one of those big rules. The main one that Kim broke was you do not monopolize people's time. When you're at these networking events, you're there to meet people multiple people. And if you want to build a deeper connection, then you schedule something outside of that networking event. But it's a good segue into what it is that we're going to be talking about today. And we're not just going to be talking about the Chamber of Commerce. And if you don't believe in things like the Chamber of Commerce, I'm going to urge you to stick around because we may shift your mindset on this. And I'll urge you to reach out to me and let's have a virtual coffee because... I'm pretty sure that I can give you some solid examples why it's a good idea. I was at an or Kim and I were both at an event and I was on a panel and was asked, the panel was asked the question as an auto repair shop that hasn't been doing any marketing, where do I start? And that's kind of where this was born out of. I wrote a blog post. Uh, you can go read it on our website at Shop Marketing Pros. The name of the blog post is, is that really marketing? And we're going to talk about some things that are a great way for a shop to get started, especially If you have a limited budget, these are all going to be things that that you can do. Now, the problem is, is they do take time. They will require someone to get out of the shop. And we'll talk about, you know, who that someone is later on in the episode. I do want to jump in real quick and say, don't let what he just said deter you from continuing to listen if you do have the funds. Like, it's not just for people who need the less expensive forms of marketing, you could be a super successful shop right now and you've never been doing some of the things that we're talking about. These are some of the things that could bump you up to the next level. Absolutely. These things can be as effective or more effective than the marketing that you're paying, you know, some other person to do for you uh, that you're putting, you know, thousands of dollars into every month. It's a time investment that is absolutely well worth it. And for me to say that, that's a big deal. So let me start off by saying that business people are the ultimate referrers. When someone who is in business, people know that they're in business. They know that they know other business owners and they will go to them and say, hey, who do you recommend for whatever? You know, in this case, auto repair. That's going to be at the premise of everything that we're talking about today. So the first thing that we're going to talk about is going to be BNI, which BNI is Business Network International. And it is a meeting that you go to weekly. Kim, why don't you cover just quickly the overview of what the meeting looks like? Okay. Notice he said quickly because he thinks I'm going to take forever. BNI is great for its People love it because of its formality when it comes to like an agenda. So you come in and there's a leadership team. Like each chapter, there's chapters around the world. They start the meeting off with networking. So like the first 15 minutes or so. Then you sit down. And the leadership team will go over their reports, which is going to sound boring and terrible, but it's not. It just, it's a lot of accountability and making sure that the members of the group are doing what they should be doing. And they have like a little educational moment. BNI is where I learned an incredible amount about networking and connecting with people. So, and it came a lot of times from those little educational moments that they have. And then they go around the room and everyone has a chance, 30, 45, 60 seconds, depending on the size of your group, to stand up and say, here's who I am. This is what a great referral for me would be. So I always looked at BNI as my weekly sales meeting. Like these are my salespeople and I'm educating them on what a good referral for me is that week. Everybody does that. Then you go into... A 10-minute speaker, so one of the members of the group generally stands up and does a 10-minute presentation. Then you come back around, everyone gets to share, hey, I have a referral. 
I have a thank you for closed business because you're literally tracking or I have a positive note, something, you know, positive thing to say, a testimonial, that sort of thing. And um, then they kind of wrap up the meeting and, and, you know, talk about events that are going on that people can go to. And a lot of times in BNI, people will meet up and go network at these events together. So it's kind of a quick overview of that. I was introduced to BNI by one of my service advisors. Uh, it was a, a guy that I hired. He had never been a service advisor, but he had previously worked in cell phone sales. The person who was his manager at the, I believe it was a Verizon store that he worked for, had him join a BNI group. So he told me about it and I was like, okay, well, let me go check this out. And I went and checked out his group. And that was the beginning of many years of me being in BNI. But it was so effective that Kim went and joined a BNI group also. So we were both in a separate BNI group, which it's important to know that in BNI, there's only one person per industry or, you know, the, there's only going to be one auto repair shop in the BNI group because. You know, the people who are in your BNI group are specifically going to be referring to you. And then you have the opportunity, of course, to refer back to them. Well, and it's also where you can kind of build your own, they call it a contact sphere. So think you're the repair shop, then there's a collision shop, there's an inspection station, there's a detailing guy, the car wash, paintless dent removal, all that, you know, you, know, you we, name it. We had a lot of those in both of our groups, and it was really super helpful. With BNI, so I was in this marketing roundtable just last week that the Institute for Automotive Business Excellence put on, and they talked about BNI or Kent actually. Uh, you know, Kent Bullard brought up BNI and said, "Hey, if you're not a BNI group in a BNI group, you need to be." And the majority of the people in that roundtable were shaking their head in agreement. Most of them are in BNI groups, and there are some things that work really well, like they go really well in BNI. There's other businesses that don't do as well in BNI, but auto repair is one that every single time, if you're not a good shop, you know, having problems repairing the cars and everything, then you're probably not going to do well in BNI. But if you are a, a good shop, you're going to do well in BNI, period. Auto repair, real estate, you know, tends to be another one that does really well, but auto repair and BNI just go together really, really well. And they have BNI groups everywhere. You know, if you're in a very, very rural area, then you may not be able to find a BNI group. You could start one. You could. But if you're in an area that has any kind of population, mm -hmm. there's going to be a BNI group there. I want to thank our friends at RepairPal for making this episode possible. They're on a mission to put trust back in auto repair. You're an honest shop that delivers high quality work and great service, right? Well, millions of consumers looking for mid to major mechanical repair Look for shops like yours in the RepairPal Trusted Network. Contact them to get certified today and receive one month free service at RepairPal.com forward slash shops. Being in the RepairPal Certified Network helped us grow our shop's business and it can help yours too with new customers and a higher ARO. Plus, you don't have to worry anymore about arguing with customers over price because shops in the RepairPal Certified Network are trusted by consumers for being fair priced. Not low priced, fair priced. You have to be in it to win it. So head over to repairpal.com forward slash shops to learn more and set up a call. When you sign up, you'll get one month of service free and save $150 off certification. The next thing that we're going to talk about is going to be chambers of commerce. And I'm going to let Kim just run with this mm -hmm. one. 
I love this. But it's also, there's another thing where we'll talk about later on that I don't know that Brian was so much of a fan of it, but he brought me in and he was like, just figured out. And this is one of the very first things that I did in our business was I joined the chamber and I joined actually two chambers. The thing I love about the chamber is that it is your connection to the business world in your community. And like Brian really started us out is that other business owners are huge referral sources for you, whether they're in your industry or not. They understand that you are a small business and you are trying to grow. But Kim... I joined the chamber and I never got anything from it. Right. That's what we hear all the <laughs> People time. People say that I so hear much. They, I mean, it's all the time. I joined the chamber of commerce and nothing ever came of that. I always say this is the same exact thing as joining the gym, but not losing weight, not getting stronger, not getting fitter. Why? Because you didn't go. So the chamber of commerce, their job is not necessarily to grow your business. You have to take... I love Jocko, right? So extreme ownership of this and put your foot out there and do some of the things, right? That's why they have all these great events and things you can sponsor and get involved in. So putting your money into the Chamber of Commerce as a member and just getting your business listed in their directory does nothing for you. If somebody calls the Chamber, like for example, here where we live, Hammond, Louisiana, we have a university, okay? And a lot of times parents that are sending their kids to college here and they don't live here, they may call the chamber and say, oh my gosh, my daughter's car is broken down. Where do I send her? They don't live here. They don't know. Well, the chamber's going to certainly recommend shops that are members of their chamber. But which one are they going to recommend? But which one? Exactly. And so they're not just going to go to the directory and start like, no, I know my chamber And they're going to recommend the shop that is top of mind to them, that they are seeing at the events, that are hosting things. So, But why are they going to do that? They're going to do that because that shop, because they're at the events, because they are well known, because they're going to those events, people are using them. And the chamber is hearing back from people that they're doing a great job. Exactly. They're having conversations. I mean, they're meeting the owners or the service advisor or whoever is going to these events and they're learning that what their core values, their company culture, they're getting used to and they're learning to know, like, and trust that shop. And so you have to be involved. So how do people get involved? Like what kind of opportunities are there to do things with the chamber? So COVID changed a lot of this. I would really recommend that you just go meet with your chamber of commerce, go to their website, but really go meet with the director or someone from their membership coordinator or something like that. But some typical events that you can look for include things like the chamber breakfast, which would be a, and these are probably things that happen once a month or once a quarter. A business before hours, we did this at our shop. We were the host of one of the business before hours and business after hours. You've literally got people coming to your shop for this event. All right, don't get too far into that. All right, okay. It's coming later, y'all. So (laughs) go attend, right? Be an attender of their events like the business before hours. Leads for lunch is one of the things that our chamber does, business after hours. And then they also do like a quarterly event. In fact, I think next Thursday, I think they're hosting like an economic development breakfast that they do once a year. So really look at, and then there's committees that you can serve on or that you can just be 
Maybe you're not like the leader of the committee, but you're voicing your opinions or ideas to help. I mean, there's education committees, public affairs committees, fundraising committees, whatever it might be. So what you're going to find when you start getting involved with the chamber and you start going to the events and everything, there are going to be people there. It'll be the same people every time. We're in a city of about 18,000 people uh, when college is not in session. And there are probably, what do you think, 150 people that consistently go to various events with our local Uh, chamber? Yeah, I mean, I'm guessing. I mean, our chamber has six to 700 members, but yeah, that's probably the, the number of active involved. But those people, those are the ones that everybody in the community knows. Those are the ones that refer business like crazy. And you're going to have the opportunity to make connections where you can refer also. Because, you know, there's just the law of reciprocity there. When you start sending people business, they are automatically going to want to send people back to you, which is actually the premise of BNI. But we're talking about the chamber. And getting into that group of people, it's almost like a cult. I hate to say it, but, but these people... They take pride in sending referrals to people that they know are going to do a great job for people. And like they make it one of their daily goals in so many cases to refer someone to someone that they know. Think more, though, than just referrals. Think about your hiring. Who's not hiring right now, right? And you need to get the word out there. It's a quick phone call to some of the people that you've met. You get into these events and you know who the influencers are in your community. And you reach out to your chamber and like, I'm hiring and they're going to help spread the word. Or, you know, we're talking about events all the time. We're going to dig more into that as we continue this conversation. And you need to promote your event These people care about helping you. So that's another reason to be a member of it. We're not going to get into these other ones, but there's also other civic groups like Rotary and the Kiwanis and the JCs and all of that, that also give you an opportunity to become well-known in your community, which we've actually got a a blog post on our website about getting well-known in your community. And it's those people who get well-known in their community that they win when it comes to business. But even beyond that, we have a friend that some years back his house burned down and he's someone who was well-known in the community and involved in all of the business events and everything. And the way that the community supported him and it's because they all knew him and, and loved him. Yep. And that's the thing. They love, loved their family. All right. So you started to go here. We're going to move on from chambers of commerce, (laughs) but the next thing I want to talk about is hosting events at your shop. Because any opportunity that you have to get people into your shop, whether they are there to have their car repaired or not, just to get them into your building and to meet your staff and to see, you know, the impressive equipment that you have and how clean you keep your shop and how nice your staff is and all of those things. I mean, gosh, that stuff pays back in dividends. Yeah. So I want to tell you when we're talking about this, I get super excited. It's one of my favorite things. So I want to remind you that this is a buffet. If you don't like the broccoli, don't eat the broccoli, right? I'm about to download somewhat of an idea factory for you of hosting events at your shop. It's what I love to do. And so it worked and it was kind of my job. My whole job was marketing when we had our shop and our shop hosted events so often that I think people might have questioned, are you a shop or are you an event venue? (laughs) And there's lots of reasons for that, but that is how our shop 
got so well known, so well respected, so loved in our community. We ended up winning lots of awards. We grew our customer base tremendously and a lot of it came from these events. Some ideas for some of these types of events include some things we've already talked about, right? BNI. You can host your own BNI social after hours get together, right? After the shop closes, invite your BNI chapter over. Some of these BNI chapters are, you know, 20, 30, 40 members of them. So when you invite your BNI group and their significant other, well, I mean, you could be up to 60 people coming over to your shop. At my BNI group, it was not commonplace, but every once in a while, we would have our meeting at one of the, the businesses that was in the group. And, you know, with ours, we met at 6 a.m., so it wasn't a problem. You know, it didn't. some of these BNI groups meet at, you know, 9 a.m., which would be hard to do to do that in your shop. But we hosted a, one of my BNI meetings right there in the shop. You know, something that's not even on here and we don't need to dig into it, but we even, Brian and I led a small group with our church and we had our small group on Wednesday night at our shop in our waiting room because our waiting room was set up like a living room. So it was kind of perfect. But the chamber events that I was just talking about a minute ago, you pay like a small sponsorship fee to be the host for these events. And then you supply the breakfast or the dinner. We're not talking about sit down. We're talking about finger food, like appetizer kinds of things. And you can go, some of your chambers might have specifics on that, but for hours at that time, you could go as big or small as you wanted to. And so we hosted chamber events and it was fantastic. And a a great thing to do with that is to partner up with another business, some businesses that they don't have a location. So they will co-host with you And if you can do it with like a catering company or something, then they can provide the food. You end up splitting the cost. You get both businesses get seen by the community. We've got friends that do this right now. It's a person who has an insurance company and a person who, well, they had a subway, so Mm -hmm. they won't be doing that anymore. But they used to always one like every year they would pick a I believe it was a chamber breakfast that they did. Yes. And they would have it at Subway one year and the next year they would have it at the insurance agency and they would just co-host it. Mm -hmm. It was brilliant. I love partnering any chance that you get. It's awesome. So the car care clinics is another idea. And I mean, that's very common actually across the industry. But even if you know a lot about that, hey, look up another shop that's doing it. Find out what works for them, what doesn't work for them. But hosting a car care clinic, whether it's for teenagers, right? We're coming up on back to school. We're recording this in July and uh, back to school is right around the corner. So you may have teens who are driving for the first time or young people who are going away to college and you want to do a car care clinic to educate teens or young people or, you know, female friendly, having a girl's night out or even, you know, moving on the merit badges for Girl Scouts or Boy Scouts. It's such a cool idea. Heck, I've even, with COVID, we even saw where there was a shop. I wish I could remember who it was. I would love for somebody to connect me. Let me know who that was because I can't remember who it was. I don't know them personally, but I just saw that they were doing this. When COVID happened, they went to offering virtual field trips for little kids. I know in our state, like first grade, one of the pieces of the core curriculum is talking about community helpers. Well, what are technicians? What are shops? Community helpers. You're helping keep people on the road, helping. I mean, it was incredible. So even though that wasn't necessarily at the shop, it was virtual. What happened was kids were at home. 
they were on Zoom or what Google Meets or whatever, meeting with their teacher. And before you know it, they're doing a virtual field trip, learning, this is tech recruitment at the earliest of ages, right? But going around the shop, talking about what they do, the cool tools and all this, but who's standing over their shoulder? Mom or dad watching. They're like, this is so cool. You're going on a field trip while we're stuck at home in the pandemic. One of the things that we really love is talking about a product. I want to stay here on Merit Badge Workshops for just a minute because this is like one of my favorite things that you can do. When we talk about the Girl Scouts and Boy Scouts and the Merit Badges, they specifically have a car care badge that they need to get. And obviously, that's the one that you're going to work with them on. There's no telling how many of your clients are involved in scouting in some way. So you need to find that client that's involved in scouting. If you can't find the client, then you just find your local troop and you go to them and say, hey, we want to, we want to do this. You can find all the information online about what needs to happen for them to earn their merit badges. And usually it's things like learning how to change a tire, learning how to check the oil. And what you do is you invite them into your shop. You have them work with your technicians. You know, this is going to be either after hours or on a Saturday or something. But you have them work with your technicians. Their parents are there with them. And your parent may have a brand new car where everything is covered under warranty. You know, even the the first services are covered by the dealership now. You know, so they themselves may not be a client for you. But when they have the opportunity to come into your shop, same kind of thing I was talking about before. You know, they see the cleanliness of the shop. They see the equipment you have. But the thing that they really see is how you and your team work with their kids. Like they love that stuff. Oh, so, what are they doing? Taking pictures the whole time, posting yep. on social media. So now when they hear somebody who's looking for a shop to bring their car to, they recommend you because they know you from having their car or from having being there with their kids inside of your shop who was hosting this merit badge workshop. And you typically only need to get in with one little troop because then the other troops are going to see what that troop did and they're like, oh, can you give me that? I need to get in there too. And before you know it, you're now hosting a a car care clinic merit badge workshop for how many troops in your area. It's just such a cool thing. So the other big one that we did uh, that Kim started to go into was back in 2005, 2005, I I think it was 2005, Hurricane Katrina hit New Orleans. Now, our shop was in North Carolina, but we're from Louisiana. Kim and I, when we got married, we left Louisiana, moved to North Carolina. I went to work for the dealership there and eventually opened up my shop. But when Hurricane Katrina hit, we had family and friends that were back home, you know, in the, the midst of carnage. And we wanted to do something for them. So we decided that we were just going to do a, a, like a, a drive where people could drop off things like water, diapers and food. And, you know, we figured, OK, we'll fill up a you know, the back of my pickup truck and drive it down there and, you know, bring this stuff to people. Well, it got a little out of hand. Uh, Slightly. The, the local radio station found out we were doing it and started talking about it. And next thing you know, this is we, before social media, y'all. Like this yeah. was before social media. I mean, it was social media was there, but it Not was like really. Facebook had just come around and you know, you didn't talk about this stuff a lot on MySpace, but the local radio station picked it up. There was like a certain weekend that we were really pushing for, mm-hmm. and we had so many people show up. We filled up two 18-wheelers. And thank God there was a person who lived in the neighborhood behind our shop that was also from Louisiana 
that had a connection to a trucking company and they were able to get the trucking company to donate the truck, the driver and the fuel. I say two 18 wheelers. It was the one truck with that pulls tandems, yeah. you know, so it had two big trailers. Still pretty significant. It was a lot of stuff. And we were able to get that sent down to New Orleans. But what happened was for years after that, you know, of course, we asked every person who came into our shop how they found out about us. But for years after that, people would say, well, I dropped off some stuff during the Katrina drive. And that's how they knew about us. Yeah, but so pause there for just a second, because we always talk about no like trust, right? People want to know, like, and trust you before they maybe decide to use you as a service. What that event did, right? The purpose of the event was to support our our home, our native land of Louisiana that was suffering from Katrina. But one of the ripple effects of that event, which gets them in the door two years later, is that when they drove up, our team would meet them at the car. So whether it was the service advisor or a technician or, you know, we had someone that cleaned cars and the shuttle driver, whoever it was, would meet them at the car and get it out of the vehicle and bring their donation into the shop if that's what they wanted. So what happened? A conversation happened. They met our team members. But if they chose to get out of the car and come in, well, then now they're not only meeting our team members, right? But they are also walking into our shop and they're seeing that it's clean and organized, that we have really a great place there. So you're exposing people to much more than what you, if you're just thinking and looking at this on a surface level, I would encourage you to really step back and look at the whole picture to see what's really happening when you host one of these events. This is really about them getting to know, like, and trust you. And ultimately, I mean, they might not come in that very same day. I mean, that very same week or even that month, but they're going to keep thinking about you because every time they pass by, they're like, oh yeah, that's that place. And so just really look at the whole picture and the benefits of it. All right. So tell us about your idea of the Halloween trunk or treat. Yeah. Okay. So I don't even remember what brought this up. Usually... As you continue to listen, if you haven't already heard us say this, we really love the book, They Ask, You Answer, and a lot of our content and marketing comes from that. But I think someone literally just asked me about some ideas for a trunk or treat at their shop. And so I wrote a blog, and it will be linked in the show notes, but I really kind of gave them the whole, giving you, it's in there. It's every single thing that you need to think about because- One is car related, right? So people come in and they're, first of all, there's lots of parents that are not comfortable anymore with the whole door to door trick or treating, right? It's scary. I don't know these people. Is it safe? Whatever it might be. So this is a safe way to do that, to still have your kids trick or treat, but they're doing out of the trunk of a car and it's at your shop. And so you offer some sort of sign up and all this is in the blog, literally step by step, how to market it, how to planet had all the things from beginning to end, even before and after. And you go through, pull up and they're in your parking lot and you're just hosting it. So people have their vehicle and they've got their backed in, they've got their trunk open. People decorate their trunks and then they have all this candy in there. And instead of going house to house, you're going to trunk to trunk, but you're the host And so you get to just walk around, enjoy the event. Maybe you have a little stand over there with treats or, you know, there's all that's in the blog again, but you're the host and you're having all these people come to your shop. 
And so you've got your team out there as well, meeting people, shaking hands. Maybe you're giving out some of your promotional items. Maybe it's Halloween bags with your logo on it or whatever it might be. But I don't remember who asked me about this and then we put it out there and I can't believe the number of times that I have shared it since then. It's about a truck or treat, but you could certainly use that as a a template for any other type of event. The next one we're going to talk about is car shows. You know, it's just a perfect fit, especially if you are, well, you know, it really doesn't even matter. I was going to say, especially if you're a specialty shop, but it really doesn't matter. You know, with car shows, if you have the space, then you open up your parking lot and you let your local car club come host a car show there. Now you've got the car enthusiasts there and you've also got the people who want to come check out the cars that are there at your shop. But if you don't have the space, I was just talking to one of our clients just a couple of days ago and he was telling me how, so they're a BMW specialty shop and he was telling me how they started going to the local BMW clubs, car shows like instead of having, you know, hosting them at their shop, they would go to the car shows. They would have their entire staff go. They were all wearing the same kind of shirts and they were just talking to the the car owners and they were there to ask or to answer questions for people about, you know, service and repair of BMWs because your car club owners, they're always going to have something that it's like, Hey, I've got this thing going on with my car. What could it be? Or, you know, how do you do this repair or whatever? And it turns out, bringing new clients to them. It's a great opportunity to be able to use someone else's event to get the word out. And he's actually thinking about having a, like a booth there at the future car shows. This is for another conversation, but just can't not throw it out there. Car show is also a great place for maybe technician recruitment. Yep. And then finally, I just have to give a shout out to two of our clients that have hosted events and were just fantastic. The first one is Mavert Automotive, and they've done this several times, is their customer appreciation Mavert Vacation Open House. So they did this earlier in the summer. I think they had like 80 people that came to this, but they had so much fun. The pictures were fantastic. They made appointments. They had lots of very cool, exciting giveaways. They involved their parts vendors. Their whole team was there. They made it a whole like beach vibe, Hawaiian luau sort of summer vacation theme. They had photo backdrop. They had food. Like it was so good, so good. But they did a great job promoting it ahead of time. And recently they've had another event. Like it was 4th of July, I think. And they're on the parade route for the parade in their community. And so they kind of hosted, hey, come watch the parade here. But then also RDI Power, they are in Florida. This was an open house for a new location. And just the way that they did it was so fantastic. So think about some of the things that are just happening naturally around you or in your shop and how you can turn it into a celebration. But events are just such an incredible way for you to get the community into your shop. You expose your shop to new people as well as your own customer base but you can really, really, really grow your business by really turning your your shop into an event venue. So we love talking about hosting events so that you can become super well-known in your community. All right. So as you've been listening to us, you may be thinking to yourself, who in the world is going to manage all of this? Well, in our shop at Peak Automotive, 
That's what Kim's job was. And we're actually going to do a podcast specifically about the topic of should your shop have a dedicated marketing director? Now, you know, we talked about a lot. It's going to be hard for one person to do all of these things if, you know, that's not their only job. You pick a couple of things that you want to do and you do them. Don't try to do all of this. Mm. But I'm telling you, if I owned a shop today, there's no way that I would own that shop without having a dedicated marketing director. We're going to do a podcast episode about that. Look for that in the near future. But until then, again, figure out the things that you can do that you can manage and just do those things. But let me give you a kind of shift gears just a little bit. Brian doesn't know where I'm going here with this, which is very exciting to me. But <laughs> like somebody just needs to be the guide, the director, the delegator. You don't have any idea maybe of the talent that's under the roof of your shop. And what I mean by that is you could literally have one of your techs or the service advisor or anyone that really enjoys this kind of thing. And you're thinking, I got to do this, right? Definitely start slow, pick one thing and do it. And like Brian said, do it well, don't do anything halfway, like go all in, get it done. But don't be afraid to like, just throw it out there. Hey, is anybody like this? Like, you know, your team, you know, the ones who are like, Brian, they're the wallflower, like, leave me alone, let me do my thing. I don't want to people today. And then you have the outgoing, you know, who's organized, who's creative. But guess what? Think of it this way. Who maybe has a significant other that would be great at doing this? And why would they want, you might be thinking, why would my technician's wife want to have anything to do with this? Their husband is getting paid working at your shop. This is bringing more work so that they're ensuring that technicians got work. So some of them, I've had these conversations. The reason I'm bringing up is because I've talked to shops who are like, oh yeah, Tommy's wife is doing that for us. She's all about it. If it has to do with Girl Scouts, maybe one of your technician's kids is in the Girl Scouts and their mom is the Cub Scout leader, Girl Scout leader, whatever it is. And you know, so really explore who else in the shop might really be interested in helping implement some of these things. At the last B&I group that we were a member of, as an agency, not as a shop owner, but um, there was an auto repair shop that was represented in there by the technician. It was a win-win for him because any of the work that came from it, he got it. Oh yeah, and people ask for him by name. Yeah, I mean, you know you know how that is, especially if you're a shop where you do have some downtime, you know, because a tech that's not working is not a happy tech. And, you know, he, he and never, his wife he is never had sure that not problem. Happy, I promise you. But he never had that problem because he was the member of the B&I group and brought a lot of work into the shop. So, you know, what Kim is saying is exactly right. Don't overlook that opportunity to, you know, possibly have your staff fill some of these roles. You know, I just want to back up one quick second before we wrap up. And that is don't forget about the value of sponsoring and being involved in the community in that sort of way with the little leagues and stuff like that. Brian and I went round and around with that. And at first he didn't see the value of it, but now he's a huge fan of that. So that's another way. If we're talking about being involved in the community and being well-known, that's a great opportunity for you to be able to do that. Sometimes it takes me a little while. <laughs> so when people want to get in touch with us, Kim, how do they get in touch with us? All right. So all kinds of ways. It really doesn't matter where you are, what your favorite thing is. First, obviously our website, shopmarketingpros.com. We are on Facebook and Instagram at shopmarketingpros. And finally, two things. One, we have a group, y'all, dedicated just for 
auto repair marketing. There's 400 plus people in that group. It's a Facebook group. What did I say? You just said a group. Okay. Yes. Yeah, so it's a Facebook group. It's the auto repair marketing mastermind. Just go find that group on Facebook. Click to join. We do ask you, are you a shop? Are you affiliated with a shop? It's intended for shop owners, people that work in a shop. And it's your group to come in there and say, Hey, here's something marketing that I did that worked really well. Or I need help with this. What's worked for y'all with it? You know, just have a conversation about marketing in that group. Uh, we do also share our classes in there. So that's one way to stay updated because we teach lots and lots of classes. And then finally, I always want to give a shout out to Brian, Mr. Author over there, who wrote a book, The Ultimate Guide to Auto Repair Marketing. And you can find that at shopmarketingpros.com forward slash book. We all, we appreciate you listening. And uh, we hope that we become one of the regular podcasts that you listen to. These episodes are released weekly. Hey, and one more thing that I just want to share with y'all I'm stealing from Andy Frisella. He always talks about how his podcast is free, which ours is free, but we want you to share it. So if you have a shop owner that you feel this episode would benefit, please click the share button and send that to them. We all thank you for listening. Remember, these podcasts come out weekly and we hope that we are one of the podcasts that you listen to on a regular basis. And we'll see you next week. You've been listening to the Auto Repair Marketing Podcast with Kim and Brian Walker. Follow the podcast on your favorite listening app. Find their emails in the show notes and visit them at shopmarketingpros.com. Let Kim and Brian know what you want discussed because they're all about advancing the aftermarket.